Good morning. How are we doing today? Good. Good. I like it already. Sometimes if I like it, I take a little longer with it. You know that, right? Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, you know, I don't know if he mentioned it in uh, this one or not. You mentioned 13. Uh, this is uh, this week, 13 years we've been doing this this week. Uh, January 2nd, yeah, you go for that, go ahead, praise God, it's a, I, I, I can tell you, it's not because, it's not because of us uh, that we're here 13 years later, uh, God, God has, has shown us his grace, and uh, this is, this was his church from the beginning, and it's still his church, and, uh, uh, and we pray that, and, and ask that he would lead us, and you can pray for us that he would lead us, pray Pray that he would lead you as, as you are a part of it. Uh, and we're talking about that a little bit today even. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, 13 years ago, January the 2nd, 2005, we began meeting in uh, the elementary school uh, at Pleasant View here. Uh, and just out of curiosity, who is there anybody here that ever went to church in the school with us? You ever came and worshiped with us in the school? There's a handful here and there and everywhere. Okay, cool. Very cool. Um, you know, that first Sunday, we had, we had 69 people that first Sunday. I still, this day, I have no idea where 69 people came from. I, I have no idea uh, how they figured out to show up uh, or anything. I, I don't know. I mean, it just is a guy. And, and, you know, for the first uh, at least year of the church's life, one of the cool things that, you know, we got to be a part of and see happen was we watched the church grow literally every week. There was not one Sunday that the number of people went backwards from the Sunday before for the whole first year of the church's life. I mean, it went, I went like, you know, first week was like 69, I think the second week was like 80, 82, something like that, and then it jumped to like 100 the next week, and it never, it never went back from that. I mean, and that's, it's just, it doesn't even make sense in the church planting world what God did. Uh, ben can attest to this, he works with church planters. Uh, and you know we've studied all this stuff for years and talked to and we had uh, we've had other people that are specialists at that even come and teach here and even and even years later when they have been here and been a part of gotten to be a part of worshiping with us uh, and teaching here or whatever it is they they've left here looking at me going this is an anomaly this is not supposed to exist this isn't in any book or anything it's just a God thing uh, and, uh, and, and I'm grateful for that. I'm, I love, I love that we can say that about what God has done here because it, it keeps us from being able to say, oh, this is what I did and this is why it worked. No, it, it's because God wanted it to work and it's his church, period. And that's it. So that's pretty awesome stuff. So, uh, but yeah, 13 years ago and, uh, you know, uh, here's to another 13 years. So, uh, but yeah, if you can put up with us that long, um, if I can put up with you. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> couldn't, help, could, couldn't help myself, you know. So, uh, but no, hey, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're jumping into, uh, uh, if, if you hadn't picked up from last week, and I haven't really, haven't really, like, we haven't, like, made a series logo or anything about it, and we probably should have, it's my own fault, we haven't, it's not anybody else's, I can tell you that. Um, but, uh, you know, last week, this week, next week, uh, we're, we're talking through some pieces of who God is calling us to be as his church. 
And uh, last week, we took these passages. If you missed last week, I'm going to say this about last week, and I don't say this a whole lot. Uh, but last week, I walked away feeling like that is an integral part of who God is calling us to be as a church. Uh, last week, we talked about prayer. So simple, but specifically pursuing God in prayer and for one another. And that, that may not sound like something that you get jacked up about to listen to, but I, I'm going to encourage you that if you missed last week, go listen to the podcast. It's on SoundCloud. Uh, it's on, I guess it's on Facebook even. Uh, the video of it is. Uh, it's on uh, iTunes now uh, or whatever. So, I mean, just, just go find it. Listen to it. If this is your church home, go listen to it, please. Please listen to it. Please pray about uh, the things that we talked about, and specifically, we talked about praying uh, for others, and just uh, just a lot, a lot with that. And, and I talked about these passages where we see Paul do these greetings at the beginning of certain books of, of the Bible, which are you know they were letters to these churches like Ephesians and Philippians and whatnot, and uh, and Colossians, and uh, and these and in these letters he does this greeting thing at the beginning. And he talks about, and it's like an almost identical greeting kind of thing that happens at the beginning of each of these letters. And so we actually taught through all three of them. And, and then pull, we pulled out like the similarities that we see in those. Uh, and, and that those, those are huge pieces for us to see. Like if it was so important for Paul to be praying the same exact things for the church, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit even too, just praying for the church, praying for one another. Uh, when you're praying for the church, you're not praying for buildings. I hope you know that. I mean, you can, you know, pray that God would provide, you know, space and all that kind of stuff as we grow and that kind of thing as we're uh, going to be looking at that this year. Uh, but, you know, that we pray for one another. And, and, and so Paul does that and we see that. And so I, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, God worked last week in an amazing way. If you've got time, you do have time. If you don't have time, you're too busy. Uh, take, take some time. Listen, listen to that podcast from last week, uh, Praying for a People. Uh, and so this week, we're talking about investments, talking about investing. Um, and uh, I, I love a good investment. I, I am a sucker for a good investment. I mean, you know, I, is anybody else in here, let's just, let's just be honest, is anybody else in here guilty of constantly scanning Craigslist, Facebook, ads and all this stuff like looking for the thing that you could buy cheap and then resell it and make a buck who, who here who here does it anybody what's what's wrong with you people you guys don't have the same sickness i do i mean like i just you know i have to i have to make myself not look at those things like i mean i'm just kind of you know, anything that i know anything about i say oh that's a good deal i'll buy that and flip that and make you know I'll double my money on that you know that's a good investment, you know. We love investments. We love, you know, into the and and, and I'm I'm wired in some weird way, uh, you know. I don't know what it is that I just I love the thought of like something that you get, especially something you could enjoy. And so this has kind of dictated my hobbies over the years, even uh, of like you know, if I thought that like I could get something, buy it at a good deal, it's something that I could enjoy for a period of time, and eventually let it go. When the time comes to let it go, I've recouped money and made money on I, I love that i love the idea of that i love the thought of that um and so this morning we're talking about investments but we're talking about a little bit different kind of investment we're talking about investing in people we're talking about investing in people and, and specifically sowing seeds 
uh, you know, and, and, you know, we'll talk about some of that stuff. Let's just go. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and, and get it out. Um, go to Galatians chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, we've got ushers, and they will gladly uh, bring you a Bible. Josh over here, bring you one. Uh, we've got Derek over here, Terry sitting in the back, you know. I, I'm going to tell that story one day. I can't wait to, to the day that comes. It's, it's going to work itself in here. Um, but no, get a, get a Bible from them. If you don't own one, we want you to keep that one. It's a gift. We'd love for you to have it. Uh, if uh, you need to borrow it, that's fine too. Just love for you to be able to follow along in God's Word with us. But Galatians chapter 6, and um, looking at sowing seeds. Sowing seeds. Uh, sowing seeds is work. We're going to talk about that. It says this, uh, Galatians 6 verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that, will, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So this passage, this passage brings about some important things that I think that we are sometimes just a little guilty of, like not seeing, we, we miss the boat. Um, I'll, put it, I'll put it this way. I, I feel like in 13 years, if, any, if one thing that brings of concern to me that I have seen, is over the last 13 years, I have seen a lot of people who I know are believers, love Jesus, uh, have trusted Him with their lives. I see a lot of people, and this is, this is kind of like a trend, if you will. I have seen this trend over the last 13 years, that there are a lot of people who call themselves believers who have backed way off of sowing seeds in the lives of others. And I think that that's, I think that that's big for us this morning. I think, that, I think that we need to pay attention this morning uh, to you know, what God is calling us to do when it comes to sowing seeds. Uh, do not be deceived, it says. Verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, he will also reap. This is, this is a warning. God, you know, Paul's, Paul's giving a warning here. and He's saying, you know, hey... You know, don't think that what you sow seeds into doesn't matter. He's saying it matters. And don't even think for a second that you're going to mock God on this and play some game of life of you're going to do this your way instead of doing this his way kind of thing. Uh, he, and he says, you know, whatever you, whatever you sow, you will reap. Uh, it goes on in verse 8. It says, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. Well, that's, I mean, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's this understanding that, you know, if, if we're going to sow of the things of this world, we're going to reap things of this world. We're not going to sow things of this world and grow spiritually. Last week, the biggest, the biggest thing that I hoped that people walked away with wasn't, wasn't that they should just pray for people. It was that we have got to be a people who pursues Jesus. We've got to be a people who pursues Jesus. We're not... If we're not pursuing Jesus, we're not praying for people. We know that. I mean, that's pretty simple. Uh, but the truth is, is that for so many of us, we have decided to invest 
in the things of this world over investing in the things of the kingdom, the things of God. And, 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 and it sounds so simple. This is all stuff that, that we really know deep down in our heart. We really know. But the truth is, is, is the rubber is not hitting the road. For so many of us in our walk with the Lord, we're not pursuing Jesus. We're too busy. And if we're too busy to pursue Jesus, we are missing the reason in which God created us. We're missing our purpose in life. It's like, it's like you know, buying a mixer, you know, and you know, saying I bought this mixer the other day at the store, and uh, you know, I'm going to use it to change the oil in my car. Okay, how you going to do that? Well, I mean, you know, we're going to we're going to mix it up before we put it in there. It's going to be great. Really going to help the car out. I hear, you know. But I mean, that's, what, that's, that's the game that we are playing with our lives when we know God has a purpose for our lives, that He has literally created us for His glory. And then we say, I'm going to invest my life in everything else except pursuing Jesus. You see, you see how that sounds? I mean, it sounds crazy when we put it that way. And we're thinking, man, you know, that's, that's, I'm not, I don't want to fall into that. But the truth is, is that we do it all the time. We do it all the time. He goes on and says, But the one who sows to the Spirit will be from the Spirit, will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Reap eternal life. I want you to read verse 9 with me. Verse 9 ought to stir the pot for some of us. It says, it says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Now right here, this is, and by the way, I'm going to talk about this next week. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, right here, this first part of this verse, I think are so many Christians today. So many Christians today. And it may be for a, may be for a ton of different reasons. It may be uh, you were at another church in the past and God burned, you know, you got burned out or whatever it is. And, and you know, you're just kind of floating through life and, all this, but you have grown weary of doing good. You've grown weary of it to the point that you're like, you know, I'm, I'm taking a break. I'm retiring from ministry. I had somebody come to me after the first service and said, said, you know, I think that I've had this approach here lately where I have almost retired from ministry. I've retired from serving others, from being a part of the church, and it's just whatever's easy for me is what I'm doing. There are so many people who have grown weary of doing good and, and I'm going to tell you this, that the thing that happens when we grow weary of doing good and we stop serving Jesus, we stop pursuing Jesus, is we do not reap anything. And, and the reason that's a problem for us today is that for so many of us, we've lost our excitement for our faith. But we've lost our excitement for our faith because we're not seeing God do anything. We're not seeing God do anything because we're not sowing seeds. What's it say? And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. Now that's an awesome, that's like, that's an awesome statement that Paul is making to the church. And we are the church, so he's making it to us. He's making the statement, you know, if you don't grow weary of doing good, you will reap. There will be a harvest. There will be something to come from that. There will be an ROI. There will be a return on investment that you have made, okay, in due season, which means probably not tomorrow, okay, for in due season we will reap 
What? But if we do not give up. And I'm afraid so many Christians right now have given up. They've given up. They've given up. They've retired on ministry. We're just going to go to church now. We just, we just go to church get fed. Become fat Christians who do no good for the kingdom of God. You do not want to end up there. There's a reason that Scripture teaches us to allow the cup to be full and then to pour it out. It gets stale. Our cups get stale. You keep going to church, you just try that out. You see how long before you're stale. See how long before you find some kind of fungus growing on that junk. It looks like something out of your refrigerator. I've seen some of your refrigerators. But I mean, that's, that's it. That's us. I mean, that's us. You know, the, the growing old of doing good. He says, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Chris, it sounds like work. Welcome to life. Welcome to life. You know, and, and here we are, we're, we live in a community that are, I think, full of people who are proud of working hard, okay? I think we really are. We're, we're blessed to be, I think, I think it's a blessing. We're, we're full of a group of people who work hard. But let me ask you a question. What's it look like for us to work hard for ourselves versus working hard for the kingdom of God? And for so many believers, they have checked out of working hard for the kingdom of God. They're like, well, you know, once upon a time, I really, God really used me. And we, and, and we, tell, this, we tell these same stories. Like, you know, we're just going to keep going back to the story of like how God used us like 10 years ago, 13 years ago. What if, we, what if 13 years ago we, we started having a, we started meeting as a church, we started gathering as a church, and by the end of that year, we're like, you know what? Man, it's been some hard work. We've been setting down, setting up, tearing down every week, and all this cleaning the school and all this stuff, and trying to, you know, do this and that. You know, I'm tired. Like, I'm just let's just let's just go to another church. And we didn't do this 13 years later. What would that look like? Because that that is exactly the approach that so many believers today are taking to their faith. There's no investment for the kingdom. It is all investment for us. And we don't, we don't realize we're doing it, okay? We don't realize that, that that's what's happened. But when we, when we step back away from it and we begin to think about it, we begin to pray about it, we begin to seek the Lord about it, He begins to show us, your life is about you. And we love you, you know? We love us. We, we are a people in 2018. We no longer have birthdays. We have birthday months, Right? We got birthday months and we're like, we're like, well, this this year, my birthday falls on a Tuesday. So every Tuesday this month, I'm getting all my friends and we're going to my favorite restaurants because it's my birthday month. And that makes it okay, right? Wouldn't it be nice if life worked like that, right? He says, let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not grow weary of doing good. Why? For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Folks, we can't give up. 
We can't give up. We can't stop. And, and the truth is, is I see believers across the board giving up. I see people getting tired. I see people, well, you know, I need a break. A break from what? We go, we go out in the world and we'll work our tails off to earn a buck. And then we're, we're too tired for loving people. What in the world is that? We're too, we're too tired. I mean, think about this. Think about God has gifted. God has gifted. And we already had this conversation about a month ago, if you didn't go back to this podcast. Um, we had this conversation already about how we truly believe God didn't just plant a church 13 years ago for 13 years ago. He planted that church that it would exist 13 years later right here in this community, right? And, and that God would use this church and want to use this church not just for the issues that this community had 13 years ago, but, the, but for the issues that this, that this community might have 13 years later. And God is calling us to do that. So let's think about this for a second. And I had everybody that day that I talked about this raise their hands of like, hey, have you ever led anything? Have you ever taught anything? Do you do this? Do you do that? What kind of talents do you have? And hands were up all over the rooms. And I was like, look at this. This is amazing. I was like, what an amazing, talented group of people. What an amazing, gifted group of people has God brought together that makes up 24 church. Why? Is it not for his kingdom? Would it not be for his kingdom? Would he not give somebody the ability to teach and love teaching that they might use that ability for his kingdom? Later this year, we hope to break ground on a building where we're going to add some office space, but we're also adding kids' classrooms because we're going to need them because God's moving. And, and already we're seeing the need at times where we, just, we need more kids' rooms. Well, let me ask you a question. Who's going to go teach in those rooms? Do we want to put, do we want to put like the person that we just beg, hey, will you, will you please go in with, with the three-year-olds? Please. Will you please do that? Do we want the people that we got to beg to do that to do that? No. I want the best teachers of our community who love Jesus to tell them who he is. What has God gifted you with that you could use for His? How is He leading you and calling you to be a part of His church, His bride, His lovely, amazing, perfect bride that we have made such a mess of at times? Let's just face it, we know that. He says, and let us not grow weary of doing good. I love that Paul says us. He says us. He doesn't say you. He doesn't say don't you. Don't. He's not pointing a finger. He's saying let us. Let us seek the Lord together and let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. We can't give up. I want to say this about the giving up thing. I'm going to be talking about the giving up thing next week. So if you have battled in the last several years, uh, struggling with your faith, uh, hitting rock bottom, just wanting to give up, next week, all you. You need to be here. You don't need to miss it. It goes on in verse 10. It says this. It says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. 
So again, he's still talking about this investment. He's still talking about sowing seeds. And, and he's, not just, he's not just talking about neighbors and friends and family. He, he's, he's specifically saying, especially to those who are of the household of faith. In other words, he's calling us, the church, to love one another, to care for one another. And, 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 and not just like, hey, I love it, guy. No, like, check on each other. How you doing? And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Chris, I can't remember the last time that somebody called me to check on me. How about we quit, quit letting Satan play those mind games with us and we be part of the solution instead of part of the problem? What if we just start caring for people around us? What might God want to do in their lives if we start investing in them? Especially in those who are of the household of faith. Here's, here's, my, here's my take on it. Here's my take. My take is this. As a pastor, as a leader, and as a believer, more importantly, I see the church as this amazing, beautiful thing that when it is working and it's working full on, it, it does, God uses it to do amazing things for His kingdom. But that means that the people of the church are being faithful in being who they're called to be as a part of the church. Not just attenders, but like how are they led to be a part of the church? How are they serving as a part of the body? Corinthians talks about all the different parts of the body, not going into all that. You can go check it out for yourself, but that's what it talks about. We are called to be different parts of the body. And the truth is, is that churches everywhere are, are like limping along because they're missing legs and feet and hands and elbows and eyebrows or whatever you are that you're supposed to be, you know. Whatever we are that we're supposed to be. Because when we're not faithful to being what God has called us to be as a part of the church, the church does suffer. It's missing a piece and again, that's not part of, that's not, that doesn't jive real well with like the birthday month type mentality, right? Like, oh, it's all about me. I go to church for me. I don't go to church for anybody else. I go to church for me. Well, first of all, yes, we should go to pursue the Lord. But we've got to see that our calling as believers is the investment that Jesus has shown us all through Scripture What's the investment that he gives us through his whole ministry? Other people. He says, what, what's, what's he say? They come, that, they come and ask, what's the, most, what's the most important commandment, Jesus? What are we supposed to do? And he says, we're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. And you're supposed to love others. Love your neighbor. Love others. And so... He spends his whole ministry trying to help us to see he wants us to invest in others. Invest in him and invest in others. Now, this is important because we've got to get the order right because it would, be, it would be real easy for us to all leave here today and go, man, I've got to do better about loving my neighbors. I've got to do better about loving my family. I've got to do better about loving the people I work with. I, I need to be praying. You know. Jesus puts it in a perspective that's important for us, and we can't miss that. We've got to seek the Lord. We've got to pursue God. If we're not pursuing God, and we're just going to go and love people, well, then we've done, we've done the legalist thing. We're like, oh, I've got to 
Chris said, I got to go love people, so I'm going to go try to love some people. But if we're not pursuing the Lord and allowing Him to work through us, then it's just us loving people. And we're missing this important piece of the power of God working through us where He's leading us and we're not just deciding to do it our way. Because our way jacks stuff up every time. We need Him to lead us. So we've got to pursue the Lord. And in pursuing the Lord, I promise you this, if you're pursuing the Lord, He's going to lay people on your heart and you are in turn going to pursue loving others. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. This is the real passage I'm preaching on today. Luke 10. It's so funny seeing some of y'all sit on the side, sitting in the middle of the day. I love it. It's so funny. Luke 10, verse 1, it says this. It says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Now, let's stop with this for just a second. Uh, after, after the Lord appointed them, this is, this is following, if you look in chapter 9, you can check it out later if you want to. Uh, but if you look at chapter 9, this is where uh, Jesus sends out the 12, the disciples. Uh, not chapter 10, chapter 9. And he sends out the disciples and all this stuff going on. And so he's appointed them to go out and he's sending. I think this is an important word for us today. Sending them out. He's sending them out. By the way, this is something that we, we want to be about as a church. We don't want to be about just building the kingdom of 24 church. We want to send people out. Uh, hopefully you'll get to hear Leanne in a little while and what God's leading her to do. Uh, we're, uh, we've got somebody coming later in the month of a church plant that we're looking uh, at helping to plant in the Sango area later this year. We, are, we want to send people out. It's not just about us. It is about the kingdom of God. And so we see Jesus send the 12, and then he's talking, he's referring back to this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. So there's 72 more people that have been hanging out with Jesus, maybe following him around. They've been listening to him teach, and now he's now sending them out. And I love how he does this. He's like, he sends them out ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And if I'm one of those people that was part of the 72, I might grumble just a little bit, kind of, if you know, at this point, if I know who Jesus is and I've seen what he's capable of, and I'm just kind of going, why is Jesus sending us where he's going to come in a little while? You know, it's kind of funny. You think about that for just a second. I mean, you know, we're going to go in this town and we're going to tell people about the gospel, but Jesus is coming, like, he's coming next week? Like, what, what's up with that? Like, I mean, Jesus could just come and, you know, I've said for years, like, Jesus could, you know, have, like, you know, transformer laser beam robot eyes and, like, walk into town and be like, you're all saved. Because he's Jesus. He can do what he wants to, but he doesn't do that. And instead, instead, he sends his people to go on before him to share the word of God, to share what, who God is, to who Jesus is. He sends them out two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he does this because we are a part of God's plan. We are a part of God's plan. You today 
are a part of God's plan. This is work, by the way. This is work. Getting back to that word, that four-letter word that a lot of us are afraid of some days. Work. And it goes on in verse 2 and it says, And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors, laborers into his harvest. I worked on a farm for about three or four years growing up. That's how I got my, how I got my hot rod money. Living at home and enjoying the pleasures of using my parents' two-car garage, which I still use to this day. And I'm sure my mom loved it this morning when she went out to get in her car and was reminded of that. Uh, but, you know, I grew up working on a farm, and I'm going to tell you that's some work. You don't go fencing every day and baling hay every day and moving cattle every day and not just come home tired. You've worked. You've done work. Jesus is painting us a picture that there is a harvest. There's a crop to be sown. Any good gardener or farmer would tell you, you don't just plant a seed. You don't just plant a seed. There is work behind that seed. You take time. You watch it. You're watching the weather. You're paying attention to what's going on. If it gets too cold, you're covering it up. If it doesn't have enough water, you're giving it more water. I mean, there's just more to it. Sometimes fertilizer. And I know some of you organics. No, no fire or fertilizer. We get it, okay? No miracle grow. But at the end of the day, he wants us to see that work is involved in the investment of the harvest. Well, what's the harvest? Well, Jesus spends his whole ministry helping us to see what the harvest is. It's people. It's others. It's those that don't know him. It's maybe, maybe sometimes those that do know him, but maybe they've wandered away from the faith, or maybe they're not doing well. Maybe, maybe, it's, just, maybe it's just another believer who does love the Lord and hasn't wandered away, but they're just struggling. And they need somebody to love on them and care for them. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Why? Because it includes the four-letter word, work. And he says, therefore, pray earnestly. And I love, I love how Jesus puts this. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. <laughs> it's funny, really, when you think about what Jesus is doing. He's like, so seek the Lord about who the laborers might be. Wink, wink, Right? Because Jesus knows, if you pursue me, if you pursue my Father, if you spend time with me, your, your heart will begin to soften. Your heart will show you and I will show you that you are the laborers. We are the laborers. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest happens and we talked about that last week that when we pray for others we pray for other things God begins to soften our heart for those things he begins to show us who we are and who we are supposed to be as a part of his kingdom verse 3 go your way behold I am sending you out there it is again go your way behold I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves well, there's an encouraging message for you right there. 
<laughs> I'm sending you out as lambs midst of wolves. So, this morning, one of the things that we've got to know is that we've been called to glorify God. In everything that we do, we've been called to make Him known. That people would know Him because they know us. That's the purpose of our lives. That's why He created us. And so if we're fulfilling that, part of this is that we're going to be laborers in the harvest. We're going to be out there beating down the paths that lead us to people who need Jesus or just need to be reminded of His love that there is a greater thing to come. There is His kingdom. But the truth of it is, is that we get to be a part of investing in that kingdom and not just for eternal sake, but for here and now, that we could see Jesus change the lives of people here and now. That's huge for us today. That's purpose for us today. That's who God's calling us to be as a church today. That's who God called us to be as a church 13 years ago. And that's who God's going to call us to be as a church 13 years in front of us. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. We used to have this saying, we'd say, and we've kind of gotten away from it, we would say, invest and invite. And what we meant by that as a church, as 24, is we meant, you know, invest in the lives of people and then invite them to come to church, which is nothing wrong with that. I think that's great. I think that's still a good thing. But let's, 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 let's go further with that. Let's go more kingdom-minded with that, even further in that. What if we said invest and invite, and we didn't just mean invest in people's lives and invite them to church, which is obviously a great thing. But we said invest in people's lives and invite them to be a part of ours. Invite them to be a part of our lives. Invest in them in such a way that they know we care, that we love them. That the love of God that permeates through us because we're seeking Him, like we talked about last week, we're pursuing Him, that His love is permeating in who we are and how we love others. What if we ask people to come and eat with us at our table? That's a, that's a simple thing. We see it in Scripture. And if you've been a part of churches in the past, like I have been, then that, that, was, a, that was a big part of that. It's been a big part of 24, no doubt. But, you know, I remember, I remember Penny and I were talking about this because he loves food and he can't stop talking about it. Um, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. And he was like, you know, what about the old school back in the day when, you know, people would invite people over for Sunday lunch? You know, and I, I told him, I said, man, I, I remember when I was a youth pastor and, and there, was this, there was this couple and they, they had a special needs son who was older and they were, they were elderly. And, man, she, she could cook anything. There was not a, in fact, I remember college students coming into town and her wanting to invite them to their house and them, her, her wanting to know what they might eat or what they might like. I remember her making meals she had never made in her life, hoping that they would like it and having them to their house. That's how much she cared. 
But here's, here's what I remember. I don't remember just how good the fried chicken was. And it was tasty, okay? This is before hot chicken, so we settled before then, you know. I remember the fried chicken to be amazing, but I'll tell you what I remember even more than that. I remember sitting at their table, and I remember them saying to me, Chris, we're praying for you. As our youth pastor, we're praying for you, and we're praying that God will use you to lead students to Jesus. We need more people investing in lives of people like that. And we've got to quit going, well, I'm looking for somebody to invite me for dinner. And we've got to go, I'm going to invite them for dinner. I'm going to be a part of the solution. I'm going to be a part of the mission of God in which God has called me to, to invest in the lives of others. Last week I talked about the micro group, the guys that I meet with once a week. Uh, we, went, we went and had hot chicken this week. Um, and, uh, and it's three guys and me, and we just get together and we just talk. We pick, a, we pick a chapter of Scripture. We read it every day for a week. We gather for an hour. We talk about the passage and we pray for each other. It's very simple. And the problem, I think, for so many people is they say, I don't have, I don't have an hour of my week to give. Then you're doing it wrong. Then you're doing it wrong. If you can't come up with that, you're doing it wrong. This is your life that God has given you for His glory. And I'm just going to tell you, maybe you don't want to hear it. I know. Sometimes we just don't want to hear it because we're busy people. We come with all these important things that we're supposed to be doing. But the truth is that God gifted us to be able to do all that stuff, not for our good so we have birthday month, but for His good that He would be made known for His glory. I believe God is calling us to sow these seeds with our family members, our neighbors, our friends, those He brings to 24, the people that make up the body of 24. We're seeing this over and over in the way He's wording this stuff. He is concerned about the local churches and He is concerned about them ministering to one another. And the question that I have for you today is, how are you a part of that? Or are you just a Sunday morning attender? And I don't mean that in some judgmental way. I don't mean that like Chris wants to guilt me today and trying to get me to do something. I'm concerned for your spiritual well-being of you pursuing Jesus and how is God using you as the person that he has created you for his glory as a, also as a part of the local church. Because I, I do want to charge hell with a water pistol. As the church, I want us to be this group, this body of believers who love Jesus so much and are so ready to see people that don't know Him to be saved that we put things off, we put other things off and go, you know what, that's kind of important, but the kingdom of God is worth my investment right now. And I'm going to lay other things down in my life to run after Jesus and pursue Him and see how He changes my life. And I'm going to begin to invest in other people. And what's that look like? What's it look like? It's real simple. It's real simple. But if we're choosing to invest in other things instead of investing in that, then I'm just going to tell you, our investments are they're just the wrong investments. And sometimes we have to have people in our lives that look at us and go, man, you're investing in the wrong thing right now. And it's easily done. We fall into those things. But for us to just come to Jesus and recognize I have no investments for the kingdom. That's, a, that's, 
a good thing for us to recognize it. It's a bad thing if we don't do anything about it. So here's, here's my prayer. My prayer is this, is that we as a people, we as a body, we as a church, that we would be a people that are pursuing Jesus and investing in the lives of others in such a way that they see Jesus in us and their lives might be changed not because of us, but because of who he is and what he's done. And we just get to be a part of it. And it's amazing when that happens. And it changes our life when it happens. And it it gives us a, a perception on the world completely different when that begins to happen in our lives. We quit worrying about the money and we quit worrying about how we're going to work this out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What if we don't have a place to live in a couple months? Whatever. God will provide. He'll figure it out. We're going to follow him. We're going to do what he's leading us to do. We're going to see what his plan is. His plan. His plan. His plan. Not ours. Birthday month is over. What might he have for us to be a part of? And you may be sitting here and you may be going, Chris, I'm not even a believer. I, don't, I know I don't know Jesus, uh, or I grew up in church, but I've always you know, just rejected the thought of even that, you know, whatever. I, I'm here to tell you something today. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. He wants to forgive you of your sin, and all you got to do is pursue him and ask. All you got to do is believe. And today could be the day that he changes your life forever. And for those of us that are believers today, we are called as the church to step up and make the investment in the kingdom of God. What are you going to do to be a part of that investment in the kingdom of God? How does God want to use you? How does God want to use you in the lives of others that he has placed in your life, but he hasn't placed in mine? How is he wanting to use you and the gifts that he has given you to be a part of his local body of believers, the local church? How is he leading you to minister to others, to love others well, to make investments for the kingdom with those gifts and things that he has given you? I'll read it one more time. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Next week we'll talk about giving up. For now, let's pursue the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word, how it challenges us, shapes who we are, molds our trajectory, God, help us to just trust in you. Help us to believe in you, not in some fairy tale way, but Lord, just to be reminded today that you are real and you have paid a price for us and for our sin. Lord, use us for your glory. Lord, may you be made known in the lives of the people around us. Lord, as we're thinking about people right now, God, may we pray for them. May we lift them up to you. God, may you place it on our hearts that we can't let it go, that we've got to love on them this week. We've got to minister to them today. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we have to be a part of the process and not just sit back and watch you do it all. God, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be used by you. Lord, do that. Be glorified to us. In your name we pray. Amen.